Welcome back for another nerdy episode where books and drinking go hand in hand. And where foreshadowing and bizarre theories are all the buzz. Now get ready as we crack open and crack up over our new novels. I'm Aiden Galloway. I'm Bryn Plyler, and this is Sips and Subtext. The following podcast contains strong language, references to alcohol and sexual behavior, and books and characters we don't own. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sips and Subtext Season 2, which is Cersei by Madeline Miller. We're so excited to be back recording this episode. Um, We're almost at the end of this book. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to view it, because either way, it's a great book that we're about to finish reading. So we're Mm -hmm. about to reach the final conclusion of um, this story, this woman's story. Um, But before we get into all that, Bryn, how are you doing? Good. I'm good. I So today ended mine and Alex's uh, COVID restriction. What is it? COVID um, quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. Obviously, quarantine has gone gone to my head because <laughs> I can't remember how to form sentences. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> Most it, of Brent's human interaction has been us recording podcasts. <laughs> yes, yes, it really, really has. Like I, ha- I'm sure that I have annoyed the crap out of my sisters and my mother by fi- uh, FaceTiming them and texting them constantly uh, over the la- past two weeks. And um, you know, they're. I, you know, but you know, Alex and I made it through without killing each other. We still like each other. We're still able to have like conversations without flying off the handle. So I think that you know is very promising for our marriage. But um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I am super glad that tomorrow we can go out and do stuff. We're gonna go to the beach. We're gonna go and have lunch with some friends and um. I'm not sure what else we'll do, but I don't think it's going to be in this apartment. I think we're kind of over the apartment for for a little bit. So, you know, that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you? What's going on with me is I'm about to finish up my internship for the summer. For for those of you guys listening, this was all record, pre-recorded over in the summer. So mm-hmm. it's uh, almost the end of August. So I'm almost finished up with my summer internship. And then I'll be starting uh, my final probably... We'll see. I, re- I, I'm really good at school. So who knows when I'll <laughs> stop going to school, but my final graduate degree, um, I'll be starting that second week of September. So I'm trying to get everything, all the ducks in a row ready for that degree and then finish up what I need to at work while I'm there. Um, but just as one story ends, another begins, I guess, is going on in my, my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. But uh, like we're saying, this book is almost over. So just the way this podcast goes, as much as we're enjoying this book, we always kind of have to look ahead for next Mm -hmm. season. Yes. So today we're drinking a um, divine drink, we'll say, because it is named after the primary goddess of Mm -hmm. pretty much every character that has been uh, prominent in these four chapters. It's called the Athena Spritz. So it is another beer-based hot tail, but we thought it really fit because she is such a very um, important character and is really moving the pieces on the board as Athena is wont to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
it is, um, you guys can find this on our social media. We'll be posting everywhere. It's by Creature Comforts Brewing Company is where we saw the recipe for this drink. And it is an ounce of orange juice, two ounces of aperitivo liqueur, and uh, a 12 ounce Athena beer. Um, and as well, if you want a garnish or not, it's a little bit of an orange garnish just to make it pretty. But that is our drink of the episode. And you can also watch us um, make it on our social media if you want to see it that way. But all credit does go to Creature Comforts Brewing Company, um, which we watched it on YouTube. But just go give them a like um, because we didn't make this cocktail. They did. So all the props to them. <laughs> but that's what we're drinking. So, Bryn. What did we read this past week? Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, so we read chapters 21 through 24. And, you know, we start off with, you know, uh, Cersei is just pretty much freaking out ever since Telegonus has left the island. She just paces on the beach and cannot seem to make herself uh, be productive in anything other than worrying about her son. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Telegonus's ship is is back, and he's back, and she thinks that this is much too early for what all he wanted to do. So she's a little bit excited to see him, a little bit worried about what possibly happened. She ran down to the beach to meet him. Uh, he ran and met her, and he's very visibly shaken. She asks him what's going on and says that she'll help him whatever is the matter, uh, he kind of gets a little short with her saying that, you know, he should, she shouldn't say things before she knows what's going on and then tells Cersei that he has killed Odysseus and which is obviously quite a shock uh, if you didn't know or see it coming. Um, I knew he killed someone eventually. <laughs> I yeah, think I yeah. said that last episode, but I had no idea who it was. I was just like, he killed someone, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, go big or go home, I guess. Well, uh, he did not, Telegonus really did not want to kill his father when he arrived in Ithaca. He tells Cersei about his travels. When he arrives in Ithaca, he is granted uh, amnesty by uh, Telemachus and by Penelope. However, he decides not to stay within the palace, but he stays on his ship uh, as Odysseus is not there at the moment. Um, then when Odysseus's ship returns, uh, Telegonus tries to approach him and talk to him. And Odysseus pretty much is just like, who are you? What are you doing here? What do you want? Um, very up in arms about who this person is and Telegonus automatically knew who Odysseus was and thought that this would be reciprocated that Odysseus would just look at him and know that's my son however mm -hmm. that was not the case Odysseus tells Telegonus to disarm himself Telegonus was carrying the spear that Circe had created for him and uh, she told him keep this on you always it will protect you Telegonus refuses. They grapple a little bit, and then the spear ends up barely touching Odysseus's cheek, and Odysseus goes down and pretty much dies within a few seconds. Telegonus just barely has enough time to tell him, I am your son. I am born of uh, Circe, and I came here to meet you before he's gone. And, uh, you know, then uh, at this point, 
Telegonus tells Cersei that he brought Penelope and Telemachus back with him. And of course, Cersei is not exactly thrilled about that. So, you know, uh, she's, but she's very, she's ever the hostess and goes to meet them and allows them to come up to the house. So they have a very interesting, yeah, very interesting dinner. And, um, I don't remember. After that, they don't really talk. And then after that, Telemachus essentially says everything that's happened since Odysseus came back. I couldn't remember what order the conversations happened in. During the entire dinner, Telegonus is doting on Penelope and Telemachus because he just feels so terrible about Odysseus's death and, you know, basically widowing and killing their father and husband. And... You know, he feels terrible about it and wants to make it up to them. So he's being very doting, very uh, accommodate, accommodant, accom- accommodating, accommodating uh, to their every need when they first make it up to the house. Penelope goes to bed. Telegonus goes to bed and Cersei makes sure that his favorite wolf pup stays with him uh, in order to protect him because Cersei believes that because Odysseus was technically killed by Telegonus, that Telemachus is required by the Greek law of, you know, of lineage to avenge his father. And Mm -hmm. so therefore she is very suspicious of Telemachus and thinks that Telemachus is going to try and kill Telegonus. When she is done putting Telegonus to bed. She comes back out and Telemachus is there. And they, she basically straight up says, I know that you want to kill my son, but it will not happen. And uh, Telemachus says that he has no quarrels with Telegonus and basically has to prove to Cersei that he does not want to kill Telegonus by telling him everything that happened since Odysseus came back to Ithaca. So after that, Telemachus goes to bed and Cersei pretty much stays up all night just because she's, she A, doesn't need to sleep because she is eternal and uh, that's not a necessity for her. And B, because she just does not believe that no one is going to try and hurt Telegonus in his sleep. So the next morning, Penelope kind of seeks out uh, Cersei and they have a conversation and uh, she asks if she can use the loom in order to create a black shroud to mourn for Odysseus and she asks about Cersei's powers over the island and whether or not it will keep out all gods and Cersei says yes and that's kind of the end of that the morning goes on and she keeps thinking about their conversation. And then she realizes that Odysseus could talk his way. Uh, he couldn't talk his way past her power, but he could talk his way into making Cersei believe. So like if her power was already in effect, he couldn't mess with that. But if Cersei, uh, but if he went and talked to Cersei herself, she could be swayed into things. And apparently Penelope also has this ability because Cersei eventually comes to realize that the way that Penelope worded her questions about Cersei's spells was very 
very pointed and very specific. So then Cersei goes to Penelope and calls her out and says, I know that you uh, worded things a certain way. Whose wrath are you bringing on my island? Who have you put my son in danger for? And it ends up being Athena, and which is also Cersei's nemesis at this point. So, you know, they figure out that uh, Penelope tells Cersei that, you know, because Odysseus was Athena's basically pride and joy, uh, you know, was pretty much the only human that Athena uh, was the patron of. Now that he is dead, who would he who would Athena come for next in order to continue on that uh, special bond? And that would be Odysseus's own blood. So therefore, Telemachus would be the next person that Athena would would target and try and make and mold into her own seeing. And so Penelope does not want that to happen because she thinks that a lot of bad things would come from that. And because Cersei also does not want to see her son fall to Athena, she understands that and grants them uh, sanctuary through the winter. Uh, then, you know, they basically, uh, you know, Cersei says that she has gone through centuries of being alone. And so having Penelope and Telemachus there as well as Telegonus is very taxing on her ability to be uh, hospitable and, you know, like she's just used to being alone. So this is very taxing on her uh, human interaction, pretty much. <laughs> like she's kind of reaching the end of her uh, ability to continue making conversations. people. Right. Yeah. Which, understandable. I don't get it. Yeah, totally understand. Um, yeah, so like, but, but, you know, she does like these people. The longer they're there, the more she uh, knows that they are not there to harm them. They really just need a place to go. And so she's essentially, you know, she's putting up with them, but she doesn't actually dislike them. And mm -hmm. then as the, uh, some, as the winter starts turning to spring, they get a um, unexpected visit from Hermes. It. And uh, this whole winter time, Penelope asked that Cersei shield them long enough for her to repair her bond with Telemachus because when Odysseus died, they had a little bit of a disagreement and Penelope's trying to figure out the time and the place to try and mend fences. And, you know, that's just been a little bit more difficult. So in the morning, Telemachus and Telegonus go off and do their own thing. And Penelope and Circe hang out in the house and weave and steep herbs and whatnot and hang out together. And then in the afternoon, Penelope goes and teaches Telegonus how to swim. And Telemachus hangs out with Circe and helps her with some of the stuff that Cersei didn't even know needed helping around AAEA. Um, I don't, that's how I say it. In my head, that's how I say it. No, we're but. pronouncing it wrong, but I enjoy every single time we try to pronounce it. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> well, anyway. They all um, sound fun. <laughs> the island. Um, so they still, by the end, by the time springtime starts showing up, Penelope and Telemachus are no closer to mending fences than they were when they first arrived there. 
And now Hermes has showed up with a message from Athena. And Athena says that she wants to meet with Telemachus and uh, bring him, you know, some good news, basically. Make her his patron and whatnot. And, you know, uh, Cersei can feel Penelope at her back uh, with her anxiety kind of rising. And Cersei says that the spells that she has around the uh, island will take three days to unwind. So Athena can come to them in three days time. So Hermes leaves uh, vowing that he's going to tell Athena that every word that Cersei says is Cersei's words and not Hermes's, which, you know, whatever (laughs) I would have too. Um, (laughs) And Penelope thanks Cersei for giving them more time and immediately takes Telegonus for a walk or no, I'm sorry, immediately takes Telemachus for a walk in order to try and start mending fences. They talk pretty much every day for a little bit of time. And by the end of the three days, uh, Cersei goes to the top of the mountain and releases the spells, which she thought would feel like a weight being lifted off of her shoulders. However, it just made her even more tired and even more upset, I'm guess, like mm-hmm. borderline. Done. Yeah. Like, oh, she was very drained at the end of releasing those spells that she had kept up for 16 years. So they all gathered in uh, in Cersei's house waiting for Athena to to come and when Athena does she turns to Telemachus and says that she has this boat coming this evening with a uh, with a crew that will take him to a new place where Telemachus can basically be the new king of that of that area and it's supposed to be in Italy and you know he can have he can sire a bunch of heirs and you know he can he would be the deciding person with her as his patron in this new place. And basically Telemachus straight up turns her down, which just pisses off Athena. And, you know, uh, we'd love to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which Athena basically says like, Penelope, get your boy, knock some sense into him. What the fuck? And Penelope uh, says, I have talked to him, my lady, this is his decision. And he says, no, I'm not doing it. And she's like, you're lucky I don't strike you where you stand. Telegonus, I turn to you next, which makes Cersei flip out. And, uh, you know, Athena says she has already sworn an oath not to harm Telegonus, but that doesn't mean that she can't become his patron and lead him to uh, a life where he would be always be remembered. He would be the person of of myths and songs and ballads, and that's everything that Telemachus just gave up. And Cersei flips out. Telegonus turns to her and says, "I have dreamt of these things forever. You know, this is this is my decision. Please let me go." And she basically says, "Okay," and even though it kills her inside to do so. Uh, Athena says the ship will be here tonight. Don't miss it. And pretty much leaves. And then uh, Penelope and uh, Telemachus leave to give them time alone together. Cersei helps Telegonus pack and basically puts everything that she physically can on, like all spells to keep him protected, 
every warm clothing, every uh, extra food parcel that she can spare, you know, all of these potions and spells and everything that, you know, could possibly help with any ailment that could, you know, come his way. Uh, And then they all walk down to the shore. And when the ship arrives, she gives him one last hug and then he boards the ship and leaves. And basically Cersei just shuts down for a while after that. Penelope and Telemachus uh, are very, very doting guests. They try and help her in any way they can. They do everything that, you know, her magical island doesn't already do for her and, uh, you know, tries to make everything a little bit easier on Cersei. But now that Telegonus is gone, she just feels completely defeated and alone and without a purpose. And the very end of chapter 24, she decides that she needs to talk to her father and voices out loud to saying, calling out to her father to come down and talk to her. So that in a nutshell ish is, (laughs) is the four chapters that we read today, which was a lot of shitting on Odysseus and a lot of storytelling. There were a lot mm-hmm. of long paragraphs in these four chapters. Um, it was a lot of waxing poetic by the characters. Yeah, it was. It was. And, you know, which is great storytelling. It was beautifully written, but, mm-hmm. you know, like long paragraphs can be kind of difficult taxing. to summarize. Yeah, right. Exactly. Thank you. I don't even know what to. You did it well, though. Oh, thank you. It was you. difficult, but I didn't, but you did it well. Thank you. I, I don't even know where to start. Um, Odysseus canceled. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like, what the heck, He just man? went crazy. Ape shit. Yes. He went yeah. ape shit. He just... He came home and he was so used to constantly being... Being and doing mm-hmm. everything and anything that had, it drove him mad when he wasn't. Spurred on by, in fact, Athena, who yes. would continuously tell him more things to go and say and do. Yeah. So uh, around him, even if she wasn't doing it, he still constantly thought these are enemies against me and was right. just ready to kill. Absolutely. Like, which the suitors, okay, I get it. Yeah, kill yeah. It. Totally. But agreed. Then the suitors. Like what? Like fathers families, fathers, yeah. and then any slave the, yeah. that that they might have raped while they were there right. also had to die. Yes. And Telemachus had to do that part, which that I was yeah. going to say, boy, but he's thirty something years old. That poor man, like yeah, he knew, but he couldn't turn against his father because his father just got back, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be greatest of the greats. Like how yeah. how do you say no to both your father and also this? war hero that's yeah. coming back into this your person home. who you had heard so much about had never met but like because he was your father and because you heard all of the stories of how amazing he was you obviously idolize this person and cannot even imagine trying to you know let him down even though he did everything that Odysseus wanted him to and still somehow let him down Odysseus just hated him for no good reason. And she says something really good that's no no parent can see their children as they truly are. They always partially see the mistakes that they've made, which is just yeah. a, like, so, Madeline Miller's so good yeah. 
she writes yeah. so well like beautiful imagery all the time and i was just like well that's a quote to put on your wall but also oh yeah trauma so much I know. trauma and he's like mostly grown when his dad comes back and he's like i have to make up for lost time here's some extra trauma like yeah, in your 20s lord yeah no i thought that that line was amazing and i'm like that is so true like you can have this you know you can birth a child and think this child is so perfect and when they start showing their personality traits and everything that makes them them and you see the stuff that you contributed to it and that stuff that you don't like about yourself man that's like that is both traumatizing to you and terrible if you tell your child like what or even if you don't tell them if you still act on those thoughts yeah. and feelings then it's yeah. just as bad mm -hmm. which the, the, have I not always said about children, if they're like me, I can't deal with that. That's yeah. just this in a nutshell. Like, I'm yeah. just aware of it, I guess. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's at least yeah. better that you're aware of it, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, so, like, everyone says that um, one of my sisters and I are exactly alike as far as personality and, well, not necessarily personality, but, like, uh, so much alike so that we don't get along for long periods of time. Like if we are in the same household for too long, we are at each other's throats. And um, I don't see that we are that alike. But whenever I tell people that we don't get along, people are like, it's because you're so much alike. It's like and madness. I <laughs> you can't put two north and north together yeah you have to have a north and a south yeah so uh yeah i don't i can't i i mean not that i ever was 100 percent on odysseus's side but i didn't hate him like i never was cool with him and i never was like this is a good man this is a good person yeah. but i was never like this man's gonna go batshit crazy and just yeah. fall off the deep end just, and never be able to recover. Like there's no I, redemption arc once you get back to once you get to the place he's at. And I he doesn't see any wrong in it. Mm -hmm. Well he was too out of his mind to see okay. like yeah. right and wrong period. Mm -hmm. But I think I think this is something we said maybe last episode, maybe the episode before that, like ranking Cersei's lovers is that he was the neutral one. We like mm -hmm. definitely saw bad parts of him he was a war criminal in good mm -hmm. parts but he was not like overwhelmingly good and then this episode's just like no he's just all everything's bad so yeah odysseus was just the middle of the road like he has good parts bad parts we see why she liked him but he was never like mm -hmm. extraordinarily like oh cersei this is yeah. your soul mage or this is the person. He's no Dodalus. He's no Dodalus. <laughs> Listen, Dodalus is... Yeah. And he's not... He, he's, he's not as low as Hermes, but he's no Dodalus. He's no Dodalus. He was just very so, neutral. Like, he was... Yeah. He was just a normal... Not a normal guy, but normal ranking of, like, where guys would yes. lie. And mm -hmm. this just... Just spiraled yeah. him down. <laughs> like... I know. It's just... Yeah. The bar was on the floor I... and he was barely stepping over it and then he just got a shovel. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. 
Um, I cannot get past, like, the amount of trauma that he gave Telemachus Mm -hmm. over those few years that he had with him is insane and unbelievable but the amount of trauma that he gave telegonus in a matter of <laughs> seconds it was a is... five minute like interaction and telegonus yeah like, i know years of trauma <laughs> yes like telegonus is like well i'm fucked now like that there's no coming back from that like hey dad nice to me- oh and i killed him <laughs> like what what do you do? I like, I did not. I felt so freaking bad for him. For Telegonus. Like, not for Odysseus. Yeah, for Telegonus. Oh, no, no, no. For Telegonus. Like, he went out there. He convinced his mother that he was ready to go and meet his father. That he was ready to go and be a 15 man. 15 years Ready old. to go out and do this by himself. And the very first time that he meets other people. Like, you know, it goes pretty fine with his... Uh, half brother and you know uh, I don't know what uh, I think he met some like sailors or something like just some regular townspeople the next day his actual dad the whole reason he left shows up yes honestly that goes to absolute it's everyone in America leaving work from home (laughs) like that's a very (laughs) it's real it's a little too real you know yes you just finally leave quarantine accidentally kill your father you know Yes. Where's that hair bow? I'm hot. I'm like getting all worked up over here. Um so let's move on to maybe slightly well, first of all, Telemachus highly traumatized. Telegonus suddenly very traumatized. Yeah. Penelope can't figure it out. Indeterminate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like like, when she first got there, I was like, okay, I understand being standoffish because, A, I am standoffish. So, like, I'm not going to, like, come into your house and be like, you're shy. Be best friends. Yeah. But, like, then, you know, she was like, yeah, we just came here because I knew you could protect us. And I'm like, huh. That's, uh. She's a mother, though. It's like a, like a mother-mother yeah. thing. But then she, like started doing the no like they got past yeah, that but they like, did the witchcraft stuff together they talked about yeah women being in power yeah. she found out what happened to Medea and Jason which uh, mm-hmm. they surprised how that ended up Medea killed their children and burned his new wife like <laughs> what a surprise right, yeah, that... she turned crazy <laughs> even though like she did not heed Cersei's warning Cersei told her I mean, if a man cheated on me after I had at least two kids with him, because it said children multiple, I'd also get a little bit crazy, but I wouldn't kill my kids because I was crazy. Yeah, no, I wouldn't kill my kids because my husband cheated. Like, that's between you and me. Like, I'm going to, if I, if anything, you know, I'll chop for legal reasons, I would never, ever do this. Right. For legal reasons, I would never do this. Legal reasons. I definitely haven't done this. No, I've definitely not done that. (laughs) But, but. Yeah, no, if if you cheat on me, that's between you and me. Our children are not a part of that. Like, you know, she didn't want her children to, like, or for him to have her children, which I understand. But, like, take the children and leave. What but also, mean? they're not objects. Those are adult yeah. human uh, human beings. I don't think they're demigods. I think yeah. Jason might have been a demigod. But, like, those are people. You can't, they're not just, like, 
She was a demigod. Medea was. Demigod. Oh yeah, they're both demigods. I think. Jason was mortal. He was just mortal. Yeah. So I don't know what demigod plus mortal equals. I mean, you still have God. They blood would still in your die. Veins, but I don't know. Like Medea still died. Yeah. But uh, obviously they yeah, still died. Like I don't know how much. How... You're one fourth. <laughs> Is this like Native American? But I don't know. On your college application, to what degree do you have to tell them that you have indigenous yes. peoples in your bloodline? Right. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? But they're not like your grandmother's china that you don't want him to get in a divorce so you break it. It's not that. Right. Those are people. Mm-hmm. You can't just like get rid of them because you're pissed off at your ass husband for finding a new pussy. That's not how life works. Uh-huh. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so indeterminate, I think Penelope is okay. I was very much the whole yeah. time she was there at the winter. I'm like, you're spending time with everyone, but the person that you're like, give us some- yeah, that you need to be spending <laughs> you're time like, with. Please give that us you time. Asked for time to spend time with, get a move on. Like, I also am, like, anti-confrontation and, like, don't like the difficult conversations. But also, I'm not going to, like, skirt around it when there's literally only two other people to talk to. She found like, a way. Like, I'm not going to skirt around it for months and months. She caught... That's a bit ridiculous. Her, I hate using this word because it's not really... But the bastard of her husband, how to swim, before having just... A normal conversation with her own son. And if that yes. she is such a like it's such a mood. It's like, it is yeah. really truly a mood though. Like as yeah. much Which like I understand, but come on. At a certain point. <laughs> no, it's literally Girl me. Parent. Like <laughs> me reading the second book of Avatar for three months it was eventually just like Bryn give me a deadline and that's what Athena did and that's what Mm -hmm. she needed to get moving (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely it was yeah it was different uh difficult to um because like I was like girl you, you we're literally here doing the exact same damn thing every day like Get a move on. Ten minutes point, a day. Just talk to him. <laughs> That's all you need to do. It didn't have to be like this yeah. big thing. Just like, hey, you're sharing sheep. What's your, like what? It's like the your the father comes home at like to talk to the kids about school. Like that's the kind of conversation. At yeah. least that would have been something. Like. <laughs> Right, like even small talk. Like, so did you have a good time fixing the boat today? Did you have a good time leveling out her table? Like, how was your day, dear? Like, you gotta get word? over it. Punch through. Make a move. Make a move. Speaking of making, can we talk about the Cersei and Telemachus? Yeah. <laughs> how they- might be. They have not, but they might in the future. They haven't. However, bruh, he, she I was wants like, to. they both want Telemachus. to. Oh, yeah. Telemachus no, they they is up there with the dollars, <laughs> to be completely honest. I mean, we'll see how it goes. There's three chapters okay, left. I got how a spoiler. How can this in three chapters? Oh, no. Once you get a spoiler. I got a spoiler. Yeah. Because I was like, what does this person look like? Because, you know, like, according to the myths, what does Telemachus look like? Mm-hmm. So I Googled him. First of all, not attractive. Second of all, <laughs> was that Odysseus? I don't know. 
I have no idea. Um, but like for some reason, I looked him up, and uh, right under what his description was was his wife. So like basic Google thing, like who you are, when you were born, who your spouse is, type thing. His spouse, Cersei, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> What the fuck? Like, I was not expecting it to go there because I looked at Get it. We got to the flirting get part. Get it, girl. Like, Stacy as well has to get with your ex-lover's on. child. Like, this is some Monica from Friends no, shit that you're actually okay Greek with. Myths, and I'm not baby. Okay. This makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just was like, bruh, I'm not. Good for her. Good for her. That means he's gonna she's gonna have to watch him die though. Sorry to break down the mood, yeah. but he is mortal. Yeah, it is. However, I mean, maybe she can you know immortality. Like, she can find more of those. Right. Flowers. That's what I'm saying. Is that like you know, whenever gods decide on who they want their like their forever partner to be, they are allowed to give them immortality. I don't know if that extends to the Titans, and I don't, and like they always had to wait till they died in order to give them immortality. And I don't know if she's going to figure out how to do that. Well, she did I, it with. I wonder if she's going to try. Blockus. Maybe she can just grow those flowers, or maybe that's what she's talking to Helios about is that she wants those flowers to grow on Ayaya. Uh, I don't, no. I don't think that's purely the conversation i i bet it's gonna be more like hey can you watch over my son please and just give me some updates because i'm kind of mad at hermes for like mm-hmm. the rest of time so can you just like yeah he is your blood so can you just watch over him right. yeah like i feel like you know if like if cersei had had a daughter helios would have been like nah she's back she's on her own but like if Cersei does end up asking Helios to watch over him because he's a male and born of, you know, a man that... And Athena's, like, chosen one at this point. I feel like Helios will be like, oh, that's a link to Athena that I want to have. That's a good puzzle, a chess piece on the board. Right, yeah. So I think that that's going to work out uh, in Cersei's favor because she allowed... Athena to um to make that connection with Telegonus that is going to work out for Cersei with Helios. Maybe Helios will start thinking of Cersei in a better light because doubtful. of it, and maybe I mean doubtful, but like maybe we can always hope. You can always hope that your father will accept you. Someday. I don't believe in hope. <laughs> okay, Feyre, listen. <laughs> don't ever. <laughs> I am a Nesta, and we both know it. <laughs> I it was just the reference, I babe. I would sell my soul for now. So that I okay. yeah. So okay, back to this. Ad- that's all I'm gonna back do. to this book. Yes. <laughs> uh, we took a break there. Sorry, you guys. Um, is there anything else that you want to? This is gonna be a really touch on episode. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's kind of weird that she will apparently get with Telemachus, but. Mm-hmm. We don't know how Madeline Miller's going to write she, it, but according she to Google to and the previous myths, she does. She really and deserves to be good happy. For and her. so far, <laughs> he's like yeah, a good so guy. far Telemachus has been like th- the best guy. Like he's he's been very attentive. He's been very respectful. He's been very you know uh, you know like they 
they've been able to share with each mm-hmm. other and laugh. They've, they've been able to learn to trust. Yes, she he made her laugh. Which I noticed that I think that that's and my he's just like quote, shearing honestly. sheep, having a conversation. He's it's yeah. such like a like a he's she's actually learning from him. Yeah, like she learned something from him, and he like learned how from to her whether or not your floor is straight. And he learned yeah. from her. He, she like brought out her her little like bowl of cleaning wool stuff, and he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I didn't know about that." And then they just like worked alongside. Mm-hmm. It's a very balanced relationship where yeah. In all of her past, not as much with the Dallas, but that was like maybe a week together. It was right. not really a relationship mm-hmm. as much as it was just, I mean, it was to a certain extent, but it was not like a long-term thing. Both of them knew that it had an expiration yeah. date. But this, it's yeah. a very balanced relationship versus both Hermes and Odysseus. They were always constantly thinking like, I have to be a certain way around the other person. Or she was thinking this. So that he does yeah. not get bored of me. So he does not leave, leave me. So he does not essentially use what I'm saying against me one day. Right. And that's yeah. not mm-hmm. here at all. So do I miss the Dallas with all my dear heart? <laughs> but yeah, this is much healthier than anything. Even healthier than her own relationship mm-hmm. with her son. Because it seems like she's constantly giving and giving and giving to that boy. And getting nothing right. in return. And she will never I get anything. Agree. Yeah. Like, I don't think he'll ever come back. Like, there's no... I. We don't know. I don't. We don't know. That I think he builds like, Rome or something. I don't know what's happening. Maybe he goes to Sicily. Yeah. I knew he was important. But I didn't think yeah. he, like, went and started Rome. Right. Yeah. I didn't think that that was, you know, his legacy either. But... I mean, that seemed to be the way that it was going, uh, which, I mean, good. To, it's good to know that that's where we are in the timeline as well. So, like, we know exactly how long Cersei's been alive because Cersei has been alive since, like, the end of the first Titan mm-hmm. War to the beginning of Rome. So, holy shit. You've been alive a while, honey. Once again, immortality is a curse, not a blessing. Like, I... Oh, yeah. Could never. Like, every once in a while, oh, I'm God, reading no. this book, especially the beginning of 21 before Teladona Telemachus and Penelope showed up, where she's like, I was just alone tending for anything. It's the first time I've been alone in, like, a century or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sounds nice. <laughs> like, honestly, right? yeah, a break? Not the, yeah. like, the worst thing that could happen. And then they come back, and she's like, you, you killed who? So much so much people so much talking like this is i will just be like, a hostess but can i maybe turn you into a pig for like two hours so i can have a break <laughs> like, you know, like can you just you see that wolf who's being quiet in the corner look do <laughs> like please <laughs> but i think it's uh, weird dating your stepson kind of I guess, yeah. yeah, it kind of steps on your lover's son, your lover's your son previous lover's son is weird, but also, yeah, as an immortal being who will always constantly have the mental age and appearance of probably mid twenties to maybe thirty. Mm-hmm. It's not the weirdest. Like we can't say like, oh, this is really weird when we read like fairy things which is like the yeah. same age range and we're supposed to be like oh he's dating a 20 year old that's not weird like it's the same right thing. it's because it's the 
it's not something we can comprehend yeah yeah no totally it's yeah it's also also favorite yeah yeah but also like Reeson and Tamlin didn't have a thing with Favorite's mom. So, like, there's that. They would have. To consider. Well, they would have, <laughs> but they didn't. Whereas Cersei did. Cersei did have a thing with Telemachus's father. So, like, it's just, like, the whole age difference thing, I can get past. But, like, the fact that you've slept with my father, I don't know if I could get past. That's you a know? main thing. Like, but also a main thing is, like, I only well, want to ever yeah. sleep with virgins. Which is also gross. <laughs> That's such yeah. a, like, a... I don't want to say it, but it almost feels pedophilic, <laughs> like, to be thinking like Yes, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree anyway, it's weird, but the man might it might actually treat her right, so we're willing right, to right. look over the slight weirdness of... And also, neither yes. of... I think it will... If, it, if and when... It, well, we know it will probably happen sometime or another. It will be very... I feel like they'll have the conversation where, like, this is weird, right? I feel like both of them are at a point where they feel comfortable to be like, listen, I really like yeah. you, but you did fuck my dad. But, but they'll just have, they'll just be like, yeah, but I do not like you because you are like your dad. Actually, I don't think you're like your dad at all. I think you're a much better man mm-hmm. than your dad. Like, I think that, even if that's not explicitly written, that's how I imagine that that interaction mm-hmm. would go and then they sleep with each other which like it's a weird way to lead into sex but you know whatever floats your boat i guess but but yeah so like these were information packed chapters yeah. uh like not a lot happened between the four of them personally but like they told a lot of stories of what happened in their previous experiences and previous lives and all that nonsense and then athena came and then we're like well shit well by telling um, us do we want to talk about what yeah. happened to pazafe as well how essentially she's just like gone back to oceana's court yeah and yeah midas finally died That's very interesting yeah which like good they were not good for each other so like that was not a healthy relationship that shouldn't you know, nobody deserves to be in a bad relationship, but like it was mutually abusive. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I yeah. agree. But yeah, it was it was not uh I'm glad that Pacifay got knocked down a peg afterward because she did not deserve to have not a happy ending because she never has an ending, but she didn't deserve to have so much power after her husband. Passed even away. if she doesn't have power, like She's just, like, essentially a courtier in Oceana's court, by the yeah. sound of it. You know she's enjoyed the shit out of that, though. Like, she'll she'll always have in the back of my, her mind, like, I was a queen. I used to be able to do this. I birthed the Minotaur. But she is yeah. having so much fun torturing those nymphs. Like, it's a... Yeah. Every day she's getting those small victories in. <laughs> I know. Also, hot oh take. Pacifate definitely starts and is a uh, female entrepreneur via MLM. <laughs> she is an MLM girl. She is that girl who would come into your Instagram being like, hey, girly, <laughs> tell me I'm fucking wrong. And Medea's one step below her. <laughs> Ooh. And the MLM is just okay. how to poison your husband in less than three steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to make your husband hate you so much that he doesn't even fight you when you kill him. 
or kill his children. So, okay. Favorite characters? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think we only have six uh, speaking roles this time. So, we have Cersei, Telegonus, Telemachus, Penelope, Hermes, and Athena, correct? Yep. Okay. So, uh, bottom of the pack, gotta say, is uh, Hermes. I just because like he was there for a total of five sentences and he's still just the same old asshole that he was uh, at the beginning. He is still canceled, still not relevant. And I didn't I didn't hate him more because of these five sentences, but I definitely don't like him Mm -hmm. more. So he's bottom of the barrel because he was barely there and he's still an ass. So barely just barely above Hermes, I gotta say, is Athena. Which sucks so much because if in any other way, Athena is my girl. Like, that's my favorite uh, that's my favorite Olympian goddess. So, like, I don't want to hate her, but the way she's portrayed in this book is just awful. Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, it's like moves on a chessboard and she's real, like, how do you fucking beat the wisdom goddess who is good at war as well? So like and this, I think is also the thing of like, yes, we hate her, but also it's a good reminder that wisdom is not always morally good. Doing what is mm-hmm. the smart move and steaming. Steaming yeah. in itself is a neutral thing. But a lot of times mm-hmm. it also has a lot of bad consequences. And that, oh, like, yeah. she is the goddess of wisdom, but wisdom is not always kind. It is not always good. Yes. Yeah, that's a, a great thing to, to uh, remember and keep in mind. So Hermes, Athena, then I got to put Penelope right above them. Um, you know, I think that by the end of it, she and Cersei have kind of formed a neutral bond maybe not necessarily a friendship but like they both respect each other as mothers i think and you know like they they understand each other's motives and reasoning for their choices so i don't dislike penelope i don't necessarily like that she just showed up and you know encroached on uh cersei's hospitality when without telling Cersei the whole reasoning behind it, without letting Cersei know, hey, so we're running away from, you know, like, one of the most powerful Olympians out there. Help us, please. Like, without telling her that, like, that kind of puts her lower on my list. And it kind of seemed like my opinion of her. Yeah, it kind of seemed like I totally agree with you. I it kind of seemed like they were just like, after he died, like going on a, like a a morn morning vacation, and that's why they came yes. to the island, not because they are running yeah. away from Athena. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like Telemachus's reason for thinking that he needed to leave was so much better than Penelope's. Like, why did Penelope need to leave with him, other than to be the mother of Telemachus and to keep Telemachus mm-hmm. safe? So, like, you know, I don't hate her, but you know, um. I'm just kind of neutral on her. Like, I don't love her. So, she's fourth. Uh, Then I gotta say, Telegonus is probably third. Um, You know, like like you said earlier, he just takes and takes and takes and never gives back to his mother. 
And, you know, that's just, that's not a healthy relationship. Cersei doesn't know any different, so she can't ask for anything from her son. I don't think she'd ever even attempt to ask anything from her son because she's like, I brought you into this world. I gave you life, therefore any of your problems I caused because I did Mm -hmm. that. So therefore I'm going to give to you anyway, which is not necessarily the most healthy uh, reasoning for, for doing that kind of stuff, but I do understand it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, but Telegonus hasn't fully grown up. And so he's still a little bit immature, still a little bit too, too willing to uh, accept help and not give thanks for that help so he's third pretty much just because like he's just an he's he's immature he's not grown up yet he hasn't he's a 16 year old learned yeah he hasn't learned you know what it is to to be a grown-ass adult and what all that entails so i gotta say telemachus is second um you know, I don't really have any quarrels with him. I liked that he, you know, he was like, I don't necessarily have any love for my father. So I'm not going to avenge his death because I don't feel like I had any, you know, any connection to him. So mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but like your son is fine. Like he's not in any trouble with me. Um, and he is the healthiest person in Cersei's life right now. He totally, totally mm-hmm. is. Even though he has a lot of trauma himself that is probably going to need to be unpacked. But, in these three chapters, know, that's when we're going to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, you know, that can happen over a lifetime. But, like, as long as you are good at heart and good in your actions, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side, man. I'm good with you. So, uh, then top of the pack, as always, I don't think she's ever been below first this entire time, which is insane because like before this book, I don't think we would have said, you know, like the, the most dangerous sorceress of the Greek myths. I don't think we would have put her at top. You might have, but I wouldn't. It's like... Well, would we have? I mean, interesting <laughs> I, factor. She's like a ten, but like we would not have. I may have. <laughs> anyway, Cersei's number one for me because I mean, how can she not be? How could she not be? She's an amazing, amazing character. Like she has gone through so much, and yet she still has a good heart. Like I understand mm-hmm. all of her actions. All of her actions to me are completely justified, completely like normal reactions. And like, Mm -hmm. if this is how you cope, let that be how you cope. And I mean, that's not a day like her, her coping mechanisms for a lot of the things that have gone in her life have not been bad ways of coping. There are a lot worse ways that she could have a lot worse things that she could have done. And, you know, like I admire her so much for not just giving up and curling up in the fetal position after everything that she's been through. Like she just lost her son and she is still getting up out of bed every day and walking around. Maybe she's not maybe necessarily talking to people yet, but I mean, still getting up and moving every day and eating. 
that's a lot better than a lot of women would have done if they just lost their son. So, and then still goes and calls out her dad. Oh yeah, an icon, an oh, yeah. icon. Oh, totally, one hundred percent. So, where do you rank them? Okay, mine is going to be pretty similar, um, as it pretty much has been in this book, because mm-hmm. this entire book there's strong differentiation between good and bad, mm-hmm. um, even though the good ones tend to be those who have been written to be bad in the original tellings of these myths. But at the very bottom um, is also Hermes, even though he did make me giggle a little bit how sassy he was to Cersei. I was like, I hate you, but I do have to appreciate the one-liners. <laughs> but he's still at the bottom just because he wasn't here for that long. Then it's Athena, which she's a little bit higher because Yes, I was, I, the whole time, I knew what she was going to do as soon mm-hmm. as Telemachus said no. I was like, you're going to ask Telegonus, leave my boy alone. But I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So I was not happy, but just like I said during your ranking, she is just wisdom. Wisdom is a lot of times neutral and can be perceived as bad. So I was like, I hate you so much right now, but I get it mm-hmm. <laughs> like i know you're just seeing life as a chessboard or how whatever game you want to insert here for yeah. amusement that's just how she sees life as pieces need to go places so mm-hmm. i can get the most out of enjoyment of watching this game continue on mm-hmm. but damn it if she didn't piss me off i was like leave the 16 year old boy alone right i yeah. know that's a man by greek standards but he is 16 yeah he is not legal to drink to he's barely able to anything. drive like he, he should not drive, drive but he shouldn't his his ship was shit he should not be driving <laughs> agreed i hope he's then, able to did he take his his wolf with him Yes. Yes, it sounded like he did. I yeah. don't remember the wolf's name, but it sounded like he did. It was like then uh, Articus. Articus. Articus, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Then I believe he then next would be Telegonus, because like I said, okay. he is a 16-year-old boy. And like if he was in our world, he'd be like spraying mm-hmm. axe body spray and hitting girls up on Snapchat. That's how I have to think about him. But damn it, if I never want to deal with a 16-year-old boy ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he is very selfish. He keeps taking from his mother. And I know it's just, like, because he's very immature, even if by Greek standards he's a man. But it's still, like, I'm like, your mother has given you everything in this world. She has carried unmeasurable weight on her shoulders Mm -hmm. because of the spell that's kept you alive for 16 years. And at the first chance to leave her... You just jump you on jump it on with it. the woman, with times. the woman who has been trying to kill you for yep. those sixteen years. Yep, you're just like this. Yeah, absolutely. I trust yep. you now. Like, <laughs> I, men. I yes, it's very much a men moment where it's like I cannot be. I can be mad at you, but I cannot be the fullest of mad because I also know your brain is not fully developed, so right, you're not yeah. making smart decisions. But also, please. Do not interact. Yes. <laughs> DNI Telegonus. <laughs> That's just uh, Penelope because I think she's a really interesting character. I, she definitely sees life as like um, a loom where she's just weaving. But I also, as much as she is very calculating and to a certain degree a little bit manipulative, mm-hmm. she also is having to bear the weight 
of a lot of people's sins that are not her. Mm-hmm. And especially Odysseus. Right. So yeah. I have a lot of respect for her. And I think I like how she is written, where it's not just she was this faithful woman who just stood by him because she he was her husband. Like she has her own mind. Mm-hmm. She has her own thoughts and feelings. And that is expressed here. And I, I really appreciate that she is just not like this. Like, oh, woe is me. Meek and mild. Exactly. She she stayed and waited for Odysseus because he is the only man that could match her. Right. And that that is a very new perspective on this character that I really enjoyed. And Mm -hmm. that's why she's third. Okay. Then I have Telemachus because obviously Cersei is first. Yeah. Telemachus is a very good man. He, I still miss Dallas with all my heart, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he is a very good man. He like takes care of Cersei without being asked to. He just does it because that is the right thing to do. Still fucking weird that that's essentially her stepson. Yeah. But I also understand this is a Greek myth where incest is essentially the norm. <laughs> so I really think he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I like him. I think he and Cersei would be good together, but that's not the reason he's second. I just think he's a genuinely good guy. And also when he said, fuck you to Athena. Oh yeah. The iconic. Yes. <laughs> iconic. And then obviously Cersei is first. Cause mm-hmm. in what world would she not be like, she's so badass all the time. She does mm-hmm. everything because she, even if she doesn't say like in her own words that she loves these people, it's because she loves these people very deep. She, every person she meets and has like a couple good interactions with, she's like, damn it. If I wouldn't like use all my witchcraft to help you. Like That's just how she is. And I appreciate so much. And she's so intelligent and so capable. There's no other place for her, but first, I think she, for me, at least she's not been, I don't think she's been first every time, but I, I cannot not put her yeah. first. Like, yeah. I spoiler alert for the end of this book, Cersei's going to be first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's say. nothing any other character could do to make, to topple Cersei. Right, yeah. No, she's just, which is completely different from the way that she was portrayed, which is the, like, you know, history, you know, is told by a fucking man. So, like, all women are bad in history. So, like, you know, what we've learned about her is just all the bad stuff that men want you to believe about her. Whereas, like, when you get to see this stuff and hear her side, you're like, girl, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think you are an amazing person for handling that the way that you did. Because Mm -hmm. any other person, man, woman, child, other god wouldn't have done it the way that you did. And I think that you you took that and you you know, like you bear all of your, your own sins and, but you do it with pride and you do it with mm-hmm. humility at the exact same time, which is not what you can say about any other God, any other guy. I mean, you can't say that about a lot of women. I mean, I think that she's just, and this is an amazing portrayal of a historical figure that I, I, I can't wait. Let's to, not say, to hold on. I don't want to correct you because I am not a man, but she is not historical. She is mythological. Well, yeah. I mean, I wish she was historical. Obviously, like, and I, maybe, maybe there was a time where a woman could transform a man to a pig. 
I'm hesitant to say so. Yeah, yeah. But maybe there was a Cersei who could do the things no one could understand because maybe she's just a scientist. Yeah. To be completely honest. And she was erased from time or turned into this horrible witch because she could do things men could not. Yeah. And even if there was a real Cersei, she didn't turn men into pigs. She just could do some really awesome things using herbs mm-hmm. because she was willing to put in the work men could not and knew more than men did. That's even better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I agree. But for the mythological, mythological person, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most Honest- definitely. I love her. <laughs> um, do you want to do favorite quote first? You want me to go? Yes. I uh, found mine. This is from chapter 23, and it's okay. when uh, when Telemachus comes out and, um, you know, basically says, if I don't do something, then I'm going to go mad. So, you know, like, there's a bunch of stuff that I could do, and she's like, uh, like what and he says the sheep are matted enough to ruin the spring shearing three tables in your hall are unbalanced and the garden path flagstones wobble there are at least two birds nests in your eaves i was half amused and half offended is that all i have not made a complete survey (laughs) and and i was like honestly like because she has lived in this place so long that she's probably become like blind to the things that are wrong with it. And a lot of it it does itself. Yeah. It does itself because it's magic. So she didn't think like, Oh, I have to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that it's amazing that the things that he saw that he could do were nowhere near along the lines of what Odysseus did to keep himself busy. We're nowhere near like, what Hermes does on a daily basis and like <laughs> nothing but they <laughs> nothing to as... help around the house <laughs> oh yeah there's but they weren't as complex and amazing as Dedalus that even Cersei was amazed by them they were just everyday ordinary things that you know if a man was around you would expect them to notice and handle these things and I think that that was the beginning of when I was like this guy kind of needs to stick around. Like, I like the way that their interactions are going because she was like, I'm half amused, half offended. I think she was more offended that she was like, I didn't notice that those things needed to be done. But the fact that she was actually amused by someone, I don't think she's been amused by any of them. Like, yeah. I, she, not I without she, being like halfway, like, I can't show my amusement because they'll yes. be like, oh, she liked that. Okay, I'm going to keep that in the back of my head right but like i just loved that quick interaction which led to more laughter in a little bit later after that and um but like i just loved that little interaction between the two of them and i thought that that was a really good starting point for a new relationship for them because before that i don't think they really had a relationship but like for them to start the building blocks of their relationship at that point amusement is a great building block to start your relationship on. So that, that stuck out with me just because of amusement is probably like one of the things that a lot of people value 
it's one of the things that I value in a relationship. You know, like, yeah, you've got to be able to keep each other amused. Because otherwise, we're going to go fucking bonkers next to each other. You don't want someone to, like, even if you're a very straight-laced person, yeah. you want someone who matches your energy. Mm-hmm. And even if you guys aren't, like, jokesters or anything, you still want someone who can keep you entertained in your yes. own way. Both of us, we, like, we love to laugh. That's half of what we do on this podcast yeah. is just... I'm constantly trying to make you laugh because I love you. So I'm like, what new joke can I tell to Bryn today to make her giggle? <laughs> In any case, I the joke I was about to make is that Telemachus wrote his own honey honey do list and ideal man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, make yourself your own damn chore list, honey. Your man wishes he could. <laughs> anyway, my quote is a uh, feminist as a many of my quotes are and it mm-hmm. might be my favorite quote of the book i'd have to go back and look through my all my different quotes i've saved one mm-hmm. next episode you will know for sure what my actual favorite quote of the book is but this one is at the end of 21 the longest chapter in this book i feel oh like it gosh, was it, yeah. it was really good a lot of good information but it was incredibly long with a lot of well written but still very long paragraphs oh yeah um And it was at the end of her first conversation with Penelope, where Penelope was essentially getting to the heart of what the spell cast over this island was. But she asked to weave a a burial cloak for, a mourning cloak for herself, for Odysseus. And she, after she asked this question, this is what Circe said. I looked at her as vivid in my doorway as the moon in the autumn sky. Her eyes held mine, gray and steady. It is a common saying that women are delicate creatures, flowers, eggs, anything that may be crushed in a moment's carelessness. If I'd ever believe it, I no longer did. And then she says, no, but I have yarn and a loom. Come. And I think that was very powerful because there is no weakness in crying. I think there's a lot of strength to be able to Mm -hmm. cry and show your emotion in that way. But I love that realization that Cersei at least speaks into existence right then. I don't think she ever really believed that women were weak and Mm -hmm. powerless. But to say that just because someone wants to mourn their dead lover does not make them weak and powerless. Women are much stronger Mm -hmm. than whatever fanciful beliefs that men have put on them. And Mm -hmm. to find that out by Penelope was... By Penelope, who at all intents and purposes is strong, not because she's trying to poison every man she meets or turn his sperm into st- like like yeah. scorpions like Pazifei or Medea has. Mm-hmm. She is just strong in her strength of character. Yeah, I really like that. That is when she realized how strong women were. And I think that's, I love women supporting women. <laughs> yeah. <emotion>. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, no, I liked that quote too. Uh, I think, you know, like, chapter 21 was, like, 20 pages long, and then we still had 30 pages to finish the last three. So, like, my, um, I read these chapters in sections today, uh, over the course of today. So, like, so, like, in those increments, I forgot parts of it, and I think that if I had remembered that line vividly, that one might have been, uh, closer to, uh, my favorite quote but um because i've been moving around so much today it uh it seeped through the cracks but i love that quote as well that one was a really good one it's good because 
then I would have had to find a different quote and I would have been like <laughs> strolling through my Kindle really fast, like in the background as you were reading it. But I, I, I think this, this section had a lot of well written. Oh yeah. This section like could have read like three paragraphs and be like, that is my quote. We don't oh, do yeah. that here. We describe the section and try to do like a, a one liner, or maybe mm -hmm. a short paragraph, but every section of these chapters, especially chapter 21, as long as it was, was so well written and had so oh, yeah. many very well like vivid spoken and, and yeah. vivid viewpoints and descriptions. Oh, it's so good. But we just had to choose the things that yeah. very simply spoke to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, oh, guys, please read this book. It's so well written. Yeah. If you're not um, already, which like at this point, if you're at this point in the podcast and you're not reading this book or have already read this book, what are you doing? Which I like, I get yeah, that we summarize like the book years so old, you at least. basically know what we're talking about. But come on, it's so much better coming from the original text. Our drunk asses could yes. never accurately portray yes. the beautiful prose that yes. is in this book. So please do yourself the service of reading it mm -hmm. yourself. Um, we cannot say enough good things about it. You'll hear us talk a lot more about it next episode in our final three chapters mm -hmm. and wrap up. But Please, if you've not been keeping up or if you're unsure just from our ramblings, if you should buy this book, please do. We are we are trying our best to do it justice, but we are just two girls over Zoom drinking and talking about a book. Yes. So I think any book that we have read, we recommend you reading it yeah. and reading it alongside us. Definitely. But this one, yes, are, like we've nothing but saying its praises. Yes. <laughs> so please do yourself the service and read it. And before um, we are done this evening, I do question. have a question for our listeners. So this one might be a little bit difficult. I'm having a little bit of trouble coming up with stuff myself. But um, so like if you were, you know, exiled or somehow ended up on a desert island, deserted, not desert, deserted island by yourself and but you had the ability to bring three hobbies with you. Like Cersei has three hobbies. Her three hobbies is her loom, her herbs, and her animals. What three things do you think that you would make a priority to bring with you that you think could keep you working and doing and, you know, sane for the rest of your life, for the rest of time? What count as hobbies? Whatever like, can you want I just to. say... I can just say video games. I would bring video games. I okay. would bring specifically my Switch. Okay. It does not have to be connected to the internet. I do not care about, like, playing against other players. Don't give a shit. I just want to be able to constantly take care of my islands for the rest of my life and play Zelda Breath of the Wild the Pokemon. Okay. Like, that's, that's one of my hobbies. That could keep me entertained for a long time. Reading, I consider a hobby. So I like to think that I would have like a nook in my little house in in my deserted islands that has one book on it. This is my magic. This yes. is could yes. you imagine this magic? There's one book on it. You pick it up, you just get a random book. Yes. It could be about philosophy, it could be about like 
the greatest fantasy novel. It could be Cersei. It could mm-hmm. be a Court of Thorns. It would just be like yeah. random. You pick it up. You get something. That's what you have to read. Mm-hmm. And you cannot switch it out until you after you finish. I think that would keep me entertained. I'd get bored as shit. I'd be angry if it ever gave me anything like any philosophy. I'd be like, bookshelf, I'm going to punch you. But that's that would be my second one. Okay. That's just a cool magic. I'll write a book about that one day. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> um, my third one, I think it would be something involving yarn. Okay. Because I do, fun fact, well, no, I'm going to choose that because I, I do think of cooking as a hobby, but I would have to cook anyway, so I'm not going to say that. Okay. I mean, it'd be basic cooking, but I would still be cooking. Mm-hmm. But I'll say something involving, I do know how to knit and I do know how to like hand weave blankets and stuff. I made a blanket for you. So, you know, yes. this. yeah, but I would choose something involving that because if anything else, I could do that while doing something else, mm-hmm. because I am the person where I constantly have to be doing two things at once. Yeah. So even if I'm reading, I can keep my hands busy while I'm like knitting or something like yeah. that. So that would be my three i think okay those are good three um i you know whenever you i like your idea of the the book that changes every time better than what i was gonna say i was gonna say that like if i was able to bring some like magically allow something to happen like i would have a never-ending vault So, like, I would be able to open my vault and, like, go down the steps. And then it's, like, a never-ending library. So, like, you know, if I finish all of the books in this section, another section just opens up over here. And there's more books. So, I don't know if I want my vault or if I want the the book that changes every time. Although, if I have the vault, I can go and pick a book. And it's not necessarily, like, I'm never going to get philosophy. I think yours makes more sense. I want to be slightly pissed off because I need to have an emotion every True. once in a while. So I think my mine is very catered to me where every once in a while I need to be mad at something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like, I think yours fits you where you would just have a vault and then you, it'd be like, you're a fucking Ravenclaw. So that you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I have indexed every single book in this section. I'm just going down the rows. And yes. I'm going to read all of them. And then once I'm done, I get a new section. That makes sense for you. I have to have the anger of knowing I have to read a book mm-hmm. by Des- Descartes <laughs> by, for, <laughs> for the next three weeks. Right. That made sense for me. <laughs> yeah. I would probably say that animals would be my second one. Like, I would have to have, like, because for me, Trinit, the only reason that working from home has not made me go absolute fucking bonkers is because Trinity is here with me every day. And, like, if I get bored and want to stop working, I can go and play with Trinity and, like, take a break and not feel like I'm talking to myself. Like, I'm talking to my dog. So, like, cats, rabbits, lions... I, I'll take any kind of animal. Two of those things you're severely allergic to, yeah, but I know. <laughs> I know, but it's okay. Um, but it's like, like I, I for would our definitely... listeners, it's cats and lions, yeah, <laughs> to be specific. But if I'm in, if they're like, if I am like, okay, so you're not allowed in my bedroom, then you know, like having, you know, she doesn't always have her lions or her wolves come into her bedroom so like if I can just be like at night alone 
I'm, you know, you can't come in here. That door shut. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think that I would be able to, especially if I kept them all outside, especially outside of the house, I think I could control my sinuses a little better. My, mm -hmm. um, you know, my reactions to the stuff that I'm allergic to, but then the last one, this isn't something that I currently do, but it's something that I wish I was good at. And if I was good at it, I would do it so much more. But um, I wish I would probably have like unlimited paint supplies and I would paint Ooh. because like I have painted and like I've gone to like the painting classes. You're better like than you think you are because whenever you're like, yeah, I painted that. It looks awful. I'm like, I just fucking never <laughs> like <laughs> I know you, you tell me like, oh yeah, I just found that like design off the internet yeah. or like that font and I just typed it up and then trace it. I'm like, I could never, yeah. I can't trace that well. You yeah, give like, me a I'm pen and pencil, I can write you some words. <laughs> I'm decently creative. Like I'm decent at photography. I'm decent at drawing. I'm decent at painting. So like if I could combine all of those, I think I could keep myself pretty entertained yeah i think i could keep myself pretty entertained pretty uh you know time consumed like I, I think that painting is a very time consuming thing because like you have to do it in layers so like you have to paint one thing and let it dry mm -hmm. and then come mm -hmm. back and continue in a different color so like i think that painting animals mm -hmm. and having a vault that opens into an un never-ending library would probably be my three things that i would uh ask for from my my island i think those are good and i'm interested yeah. in what other people have to say yeah. you can tell i'm just like a nerd with strangely domestic qualities over here because i went between cooking or knitting yeah. as my third <laughs> you're such a fucking ravenclaw but it's fine but we have gone over a little bit what our, yeah. we normally would do for time. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Mm -hmm. We hope you enjoy this chapter. We're looking forward to our last episode with mm -hmm. this book and announcing our next book uh, ne next time. So you guys have that to look forward to if we've not sung this book's praises enough. But yeah. for this episode and these chapters, it's time to say, Bryn, cheers. cheers. For more information and updates, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sips and Subtext. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe and follow us. And if you're feeling extra nerdy, give us a buzzed-worthy review.